Welcome to English X on ICRT, brought to you by Mandarin X and Vine Education Company. English X is where managers learn to discuss international business topics in English and to start thinking more like a boss. 欢迎收听 ICRT English X。每周四早上由中文课和葡萄藤国际语言训练中心特别企划，让您掌握全球商业趋势。So Alice has an English presentation coming up. And she, her last class, she started crying. Oh, why? Well, she's having trouble pronouncing some some words. Okay. And to be honest, you know, presentation is at the end of the month, and she started studying this month. A little so, bit too late. So,、uh, yeah. So yeah, it's very very late. So she must study every day. Okay. So what can we do about it? Well, that's the topic today, and we're going to be talking about how to improve your English. Hot topic. Improve your English as we discuss real-world problems many English students have at work. Let's look at what international topics. We often get the question, "How to improve your English?" And、yes. this is a pretty much very loaded question.、Mm-hmm. It's really big, so、uh, we're going to split it up into several parts.、I、okay, it's easier to take it that way. So, first off, how can we improve our speaking? Okay, this one's、uh, I always find very funny because everyone tells me, "Oh,、uh, I have, my speaking is not good because I'm shy." And I just kind of realized that it's not really that our students are shy; it's they just don't want to talk to me. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to.、Yeah. They don't want to have a conversation in English with me. They just don't want to talk to me. Maybe they don't like me. I don't know.、Okay. So it's not shy. So it's because generally、uh, speaking is often for us a big request from a lot of students. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean they they're reading it, writing it's okay, but they just can't speak it up.、Mm. And oftentimes we've in the past said it's because of a lack of confidence they might have.、Mm. They don't have the confidence to speak up, or it could be a thing of shyness. Now you're saying it's not. No, no, no. I don't think it's shyness because like I observe, I, I observe our students when they're in their peers with their groups, they talk fine. It's just. When they see a foreigner, they just freeze up and don't want to talk to us. Yeah, but they're talking fine in English or in Chinese.、Uh, in Chinese, maybe it's just、yeah. English or just lack of confidence. So the first thing I would tell them is just fake it. You know, fake confidence. Just go up and speak and just say whatever. You know, that's the first step is opening your mouth. If you're not opening your mouth, you're not taking that first step. Right.、Uh, for us, it's a, lot, a big po- big part of improving English is. What we call speak time, speaking、mm. time. So you need to increase the speaking time, the amount of time. Now, speaking is a two-way learning activity, so you can't really improve without having someone to work off of. Exactly. So that's the key thing: finding someone. Now, how can we find people to work with or to work off of?、Uh, there are many resources, especially if you live in Taipei. There are foreigners. There are language exchange groups. There are classes. There are teachers. There are friends. There are bosses. Just even your colleagues, even if they're not foreigner,、uh, some of them have some. You know, some of them can speak English, so just speak to them in English. You know. Don't be like. Usually, the stigma that I get is they're in a meeting, and if one person says something in English, everyone kind of like, "Oh, why'd you say that in English?" Like, don't have that attitude. If someone says something in English, like, make that a custom, make that normal. It's okay if they use some English vocabulary if they start adding that in meetings and in conversations.、So、you gotta take away、that. the awkwardness because a lot of times it's just the, the feeling of being awkward because I've never heard my colleague who I know can speak Chinese. Yes. So I suddenly start speaking English. Yes, yes, yes. Doing doing something like that. So finding people to communicate, finding people to speak with,、uh, because really you're not going to improve speaking by yourself. Right. right, and we can't always take classes. We can't always pay for a tutor or pay for a teacher. Yeah, there's a lot of free resources as well. Yes, yes. So use those. 
And the other thing that you must consider is when you're talking to people, mm-hmm. they're not your English teacher. Right. So the people you're talking to, there's a, I tell my students, there's only one person that cares about their English ability. That's me. That's the teacher. Right? I'm the only one that's judging you on your English, your vocabulary, your pronunciation. Evaluating. Your judging. <laughs> I'm the only one thinking about that. Yeah. But when they're, having, when they're you know, in a restaurant talking to someone, the foreigner there is not judging their English. It's not evaluating their English. The, ju- the person there is just wanting to have a nice conversation. So have a nice conversation with me. Don't apologize for your English. Your English is fine. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing I would say for a lot of uh, people here in Taiwan is uh, because Taiwanese are so polite, like very mm. polite, but at sometimes they apologize a little bit too much, especially, uh, I hear this a lot. Um, mm. Oh, I'm so sorry. My English isn't good. Right, sorry, my English. And then it's fine. In my mind, I wasn't even thinking about their English was not good or not. Actually, I was thinking their English is pretty good, mm. yet they're still apologizing. So I think uh, get out of the habit of saying sorry mm. for it and just do it and it'll be okay. And also uh, strike a balance between fluency and accuracy. Well, what are the differences between those two? Uh, fluency is like you're speaking without stopping. You just keep speaking. Accuracy is how grammatically correct you're speaking. Right. So fluency is the flow and how confident you might sound. Yes. And accuracy is what specific vocabulary or grammar, how your grammar is being structured. Yes, exactly. Right. And some of the stuff that like I've gone back and I listened to some of our previous episodes, I made one or two grammatical mistakes, um, but that's okay because I'm speaking fluently. I'm speaking naturally because when you are speaking naturally, mistakes happen. So should people focus more on the fluency aspect or the accuracy aspect? Uh, definitely both, but when you're concentrating on speaking, it's fluency over accuracy. So when you are with someone? Fluency. I, I don't care how grammatically correct you are. I care, do I understand you? One. And two, uh, are you trying to say something important to me? Are you really telling me what's in your mind? Uh, the other thing is writing. Uh, now everyone wants to improve their writing and you need to realize just like in Chinese, you know, learning to read Chinese and learning to speak Chinese, two different worlds. Same thing with the English. Learning to write in English is very, very different from learning to speak in English. Yes, yeah, a different skill set. And in, in that case, it needs a different approach. Mm-hmm. And the approach for writing is always simple. Keep it simple, especially at the beginning. Don't try to be over formal or don't don't try to be overly formal. Don't try to be too polite. Or use overcomplicated language or words or big words. You know, don't feel like you have to have the pressure to do that. Yes, yes. The big vocabulary, the, the complicated grammar, you know, uh, using the passive tense, you know, the garbage has been thrown out. I mean, that sounds smart, but most of the time it's just too confusing. Right, be so more direct, simple. be more clear. So direct sentences, not the passive sentence. Yes. Voice over passive voice. Uh, be more clear in what you're saying. Try to avoid complicated vocabulary, complicated grammar. Yeah. So yeah. s- some messages I always get uh, from people is, you know, a gentle reminder. Or a kindly you know, please. Can you kindly please? Right. And that's kind of like, that's kind of silly. You know, how, how can you have a gentle reminder? You know, can you have an angry reminder? You know, can you, you know, it's like, can you politely send me this document? Well, how, how do I do? Like politely press the button. Yeah, it's again, it's a thing where uh, the language or the culture is kind of a mix. Where because Taiwanese are again, we said very polite, which is in life generally mm. a very good thing. Yeah, but uh, with doing business to business emailing, for example, it can come off a little awkward. So we yes. want to avoid sounding overly polite. 
you just want to be, make, you know, I always tell my students, just make sure you're correct first, and then you can add all the um, formalities and everything to it. And because, with writing. Yeah, and with writing. Yeah. Because uh, it's a two-way street, right? It's, it's always, I'm writing and you're reading, so it's back and forth. So you, and it's, an, it's another one of those things where you can't practice on your own. You have to practice with someone in groups. You have even professional writers. They have other people proofread their work. Like you need to have that, that someone helping you with right, this. Right. Uh, you need peer review. You need proofreading. Uh, and it doesn't mean you, don't, you shouldn't have, like you shouldn't write things on your own. Like let's say you like writing a blog or writing something like that. You can, yeah. but then you're going to get feedback, right? Or you want somebody to take a look at that. Uh, before you actually publish it. Yeah, ask for feedback too. Yeah. Okay. Now, how about in terms of reading? How do we improve reading skills? Hmm. Uh, this one's always been difficult to me because anytime I'm reading in English, I get sleepy. Or well, anytime I'm reading in general, I just get sleepy. So it's very hard for me to concentrate on reading. And many times I'll be reading a book and then after three pages, I'll be like, wait, what did I just read? Just because I don't really pay attention when I'm reading. That's just my problem. Do you speed read? Maybe because I speed read. But one thing that has helped me is always having a pen with me. So I always take notes as I'm reading. That forces me to concentrate on what's going on. Things like underlining words I don't know, circling things that I feel are important, uh, give, leaving myself notes on the margins of the page. So taking notes definitely helps me. Yeah, I, for me, the thing that I like to use now is I like to use, when I read, I read ebooks now. Mm. What I love about ebooks, like the Kindle reader, <laughs> it remembers your sp your spot. <laughs> it remembers my spot like a bookmark, but uh, they have a lot of cool functions such as highlighting those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and top of that, instant dictionary. <laughs> yeah, and instant dictionary. So I just click on the word, and it would tell me the definition. Mm. So it doesn't. It saves me time. Yeah, yeah. So, or I know a lot of people actually prefer the the, the smell, the the the, t the touch. Yeah, the of texture real of book. books. Yeah. And I get that too, but. It loses a lot of the kind of convenience. There are a lot of resources out there to improve your reading, uh, reading with books at the libraries, you know, Kindles, eBooks on your phone, news uh, websites, PDFs. There's lots of stuff out there. So just read more. And uh, it's crucial you find reading that's targeted at your level. So exactly. if you're a beginner learner, uh, don't jump right into a novel or reading like uh, The Economist. Well, right. that's funny that you mentioned The Economist because I have some students that work in finance right. and that's their goal. They want to be able to read stuff like The Economist. But even native speakers will tell you that The Economist is written in like a book novel type form. Very so academic. Very yeah. academic and very like just way too high level. So if you're just starting uh, to learn English and you want your goal is The Economist, read to your level, you know, read some newspaper articles. Uh, before you move on to Bloomberg and The Economist. And Start, those yeah, things. build up build up from just from scratch or build up from where you understand, let's say, 70, 80 percent of mm. what you're reading. Start with uh, that, material. Yeah. yeah th uh, start with the material where you can understand most of it mm. uh, before moving up to it. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, like you'll just kill your own confidence because you're like, oh, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Read and this. then you lose motivation. And then in the end, you stop reading. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. uh, so there's a lot of things we can do, such as, let's say, uh, joining a book club mm -hmm. that might be helpful because not only do you you read you can actually discuss with others uh, that will help your overall comprehension or you can think of uh, you know uh, what people discuss it can go a little deeper or even if you don't want to join a book club just read a book share it with a friend and get their feedback on it and discuss it yeah. now i do know most people don't read full books nowadays they tend <laughs> to read 
uh, clippings or art- short articles or things that I we share. get on on social media, right? Which is fine too, because that's another way to read. A way I learned to read when I was a kid was comic books. Mm-hmm. That was my like foray, my entry yeah. into learning my uh, learning to read and also increasing my voc- vocabulary level. But one of the problems now with sharing articles and things like that on on the internet is a lot of those are in video form now. Mm-hmm. If you notice, a lot of them are like instead of reading it, there's someone who's reading it to you. You know? Right, or, or they do the summary version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or in, in, in when we were, it was in, like in my time, it was called the dummy version. <laughs> right, they do a short. Dummies. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, force yourself to read. Uh, that's the only way you're going to improve that. Yes. Um, then that goes. In, the videos also jump into listening. How do we improve our listening? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, please turn off those subtitles. Ninety percent of the time, when my students say, "Well, you know, I'm," I'm uh, how do I improve my listening? You know, I, I watch HBO, I watch TLC, and I and I tell them, I promise you, you're not really watching it. You're not really listening to it. You're reading it because I can turn off the volume and you'll still be watching it. Well, that's an issue if you're watching TV because they cannot turn subtitles off. You can put tape over it. You can put a <laughs> book in front of it. There are things you can do. But even then, if they're not, if it's not television, if it's like Netflix or something or YouTube or TED Talks, they know that CC button. They turn that on. Well, they do. Yeah. Now, I would slightly disagree. You're saying no subtitles whatsoever, right? Um, yeah. I am. Uh, for me, I would say change subtitles to English. At least, okay. You know, in the beginning, if you're a beginner learner or even a, a low intermediate learner, go with the transcripts. Go with subtitles because you, it helps us to kind of slow it down. Mm-hmm. Your listening can sometimes be too fast. So but they you, have a they have a, a speed button. You can play it at 50%. Oh, do they? Yeah, you can. You mean on Netflix? No, they don't. On Netflix, you don't, but on YouTube, you do. Yeah, and well, uh, if you're using, let's say, uh, for me, I often uh, tell my students, I recommend my students to listen to podcasts. Podcasts just like ours or other podcasts geared towards their own personal interests. Mm. And with podcasts, especially with Apple Podcasts, you can slow down mm. the speed in half. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so exactly. that really does help. But you can also, on podcasts, find... Uh, material geared to your language mm. you know, yeah. they have things such as you know voa i think voa yeah, yeah. is a simple uh, it's called voice of america yeah, yeah. simple easy to learn articles with yeah. transcripts written transcripts you can print out yeah. npr uh, also has that too. npr also yeah. has that ted talk i also have those so uh but n- now my students know that ted talk also have the chinese versions yeah 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 <laughs> so i mean yeah so, yeah you want to avoid the Chinese version. I want to avoid the Chinese as much as possible, yes. Now, for learning. For learning. Yeah, for, for, learning, learning. for learning. For learning. Okay. So what if you are uh, studying English just to take a test? This is often a very big request. Test taking is a big part mm-hmm. of, I guess, the culture here. Yeah. Uh, despite what we might feel about it, we don't feel tests always measure someone's English ability. Mm. But uh, it's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. So how can we prep or prepare for the right exam? Right. Well, know what exam you're trying to take and know the purpose of the exam. For example, TOEFL is about studying in a university, in an English-speaking university. Right. So everything will be geared towards academics, writing reports, reading, uh, listening to professors speak, listening to lectures. Right. Whereas TOEIC is more focused on, let's say, with the workplace environment. Yes, meetings, presentations, describing charts and graphs. So, so. in that case, it kind of uh, tells you what type of vocabulary we should learn, mm-hmm. what grammar we should focus on. Yeah, and... Uh, 
you know, there are lots of great test prep uh, sensors in Taiwan. Yeah. They can teach you the strategies and the timing and all that that you need for it. Right. And a lot of times you can, uh, you could prepare on your own. There's, you go to the Chenping SD bookstore, elite bookstore mm. and get a test prep book. There are test prep books that both have Chinese and English. And there's ones that there are also ones that are only in English. Yes, yes. Keep changing these tests every year. They update them. Always know if you're looking for free online resources, always double check first the format of the exam and then double check how to learn because some some websites I know are dated because some of the exam type questions they don't ask anymore. So always be always check for that. And do practice tests. You know, Lots of practice tests. Do a lot of practice tests and hopefully you do have someone to do who can help you grade it. Mm. Okay. Finally, variety. So uh, the final piece of advice for improving your English that I would say is you really do need variety. Yeah. Conversation isn't one dimensional. It's never like you find in a conversation book. Conversations are never, hello, how are you? Fine, thank you. And you? I'm doing good. Yeah. How's your mom? A lot of beginner books have uh, these skits where A says this, B says that. Now, Life is not like that. Right. No. You, yeah. When people actually go out into the real world, <laughs> they find that their conversations don't quite follow what the skit prepare them for. Yes. Yes. So um, what I like to do is uh, Ford. Uh, F-O-R-D. Actually, in Taiwan, I like to do F-F-O-R-D. Uh, Ford is just what you need to do is practice topics. Don't practice skits and role plays of what to say. Practice talking about a variety of different topics. So the first topic that all Taiwanese people love to talk about, I guess everyone likes to talk about, is food. Talk mm -hmm. about food. Uh, learn to discuss food. Make questions about food. Making questions. Yes, definitely. As you remember, uh, one of our previous episodes where I said, uh, the more questions you ask, the more I can help you. Exactly. So ask questions about food. Talk about food. Uh, depending on the culture, the other F would be family. Discuss family. Yeah. In some cultures, family is not okay to discuss, at least not initially until mm -hmm. you get to know someone better. But general family uh, questions might be okay. Questions such as, where are you from, actually? Where are you from? Yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not a very specific family question. Mm -hmm. But but generally, and what what the um, how many members in your family? What do you and your family like to do on weekends? Yeah, but this you question know. should avoid, are you married? Yes, right. yes. No marriage questions. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, O, occupation, talking about your job. What do you do? Where do you work? And, you know, what are you responsible for? Mm. Uh, those are some things that you should uh, know how to talk about. Um, F-O-R-R, -R, recreation. What things do you like to do for fun? What are your hobbies? Uh, watching TV and listening to music is not a hobby. It's something everyone does. So that's kind of, you know, say something interesting about you, not just watching TV and listening to music. Sleeping. Mm. I get a lot of sleeping too. Sleeping as a hobby? It's yeah. hard to, because the thing with <laughs> hobbies is, for me, I feel hobby is something you can also build up. Well, this is how you make friends, right? right. You're both interested in one thing, and then you discuss that thing. Yeah, there's and, not a lot to discuss if you're talking uh, about sleeping. My, my hobby is sleeping. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. hard to discuss yeah. uh, so, a lot more. Yeah. yeah, so find things that you're interested in and talk about that. Uh, we get lots of surprises. We had one student... For example, that, um, you know, we've taught her for many years and then out of the blue one day, she mentions that she's a competitive ballroom dancer. Yeah. Oh, that super surprised me, but it was, it was awesome. <laughs> it was that. an amazing surprise, but right. I was like, what? Like you've never mentioned this before. And we had a flamenco dancer too. Oh, really? Never. And so, it's yeah, yeah. And also hard to imagine because of what they're do, what they do in the corporate world. Yeah. 
you know, because some of them are like a manager. Like belly a dancer. We had a belly yeah, dancer, belly too. Dance. Yeah, well, we did. Yeah. We had a belly dancer and then like the who works in purchasing. Yeah. And so that for me was so much more interesting to hear. Yeah. That's something that they can open conversation with and get lots of, you know, in, in, in a social setting, they could be the center of the party because everyone could be like, really, you do that? And they can talk about that. And it totally differ, uh, differentiates you from others yeah 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 so definitely. It, yeah it avoids the normal conversation yeah and the final one the dreams, dreams talk okay. about your dreams um what you would do if you could retire right now so not um, your sleeping dreams not your sleeping dreams yeah. no 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 your dreams just uh if you could live anywhere in the world you know a beach house or you know a house in the mountains a cabin in the woods you know right. just talk about your dreams things that you wish things that you want your aspirations you, yeah and then you can find that you 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 will find that You'll meet some people that also think similarly like you. And you right. can have great conversations about that. Yeah. Because ultimately, that's what we want. We want to have a great conversation with you. So practice a lot. Practice discussing a variety of situations. And uh, I would like to add something else is with, with regards to variety. Mm. I would say talk to a variety of people. Yes. Right. Uh, not just American accented people or uh, Australian or British or what we consider Western English speaking, but there are English speakers from all over. There are Korean English speakers, Singaporean English speakers, Indian uh, Indian English speakers. Yeah, right. Uh, so now we often get requests for American uh, accent, uh, American accented teachers, but maybe ninety percent of our students, their bosses are not American. Right. They're you know British. They're you know Chinese. They're um, Australian, New Zealand. They're from variety of like they're French, German. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, practice a variety of accents too. Yeah, and that also allows you to get an insider perspective from different cultures and different types of people, and how they how they interact. Because even then, for us, meeting people from Europe or something is different. Even though we all speak English fairly mm. well, it's still different to get uh, different to see what they think or how they feel about a certain uh, topic. Exactly. Exactly. Hashtag like a boss. Each week, we talk to real-world bosses to find out their secrets for success. Good morning, everyone. Today, I'm very happy to be here at the Affiliate High School of National Genji University. This morning, I'm principal of the school, uh, Professor Frank Chen, and I'm also with me is Amy Zhang. She's in charge of the brand-new international student department here. Uh, so please, uh, let's talk English, okay? Sure. Good, good, good. Okay, so what are some problems that your students are facing in trying to learn English? I think when they encounter in learning English, they don't know how to apply to daily life situations. They know a lot of uh, vocabulary, mm. but they do not know how to use them properly. So I think there's a, a difference between proper use and how to use words conversationally. Conversationally, like talking to foreigners. Yeah. Right. Yes. So with that, you're trying to hire more foreigner teachers, or how are you trying to fix that? Yeah. Yeah. We think okay. more foreign teacher can help to improve these kind of situations. Okay. Okay. Now, according to EF, Taiwan's English ranking is lower and lower each year. Why do you think that's happening? Um, I think 
uh, if you take our school, for example, mm. the English is pretty good, but we do understand people in general, they don't know how to practice their English into daily life. Yeah, I know one of the things about your, your high school is every time I walk down the hallway, many of the kids will say hello, say hello to me and talk to me. So their English is understanding is fairly well, yes. but how about on a national level? You mean go uh, the whole Taiwan? Yes, situation. yes, all of Taiwan. Um, I think we learned it from we uh, pretty young age, but we don't have much chance to practice it, and mm -hmm. then we only do it for exams. Okay. So, how can parents help? What is something parents need to understand about their child's education? Uh, I think parents need to know that the skills they learn mm -hmm. is not the future world thing. So they need to know that uh, students now facing how to search the information and then how to organize it into knowledge. Oh, because technology, right? So yes. maybe there's a gap there. Between yeah. it. Now, okay, now many of the struggles that I find is many parents are set on sending their kids to Bushibans. Yes. Right? How do you guys uh, feel about the Bushiban system here in Taiwan? Mm, I think Bushiban more guided by the entrance examinations. Mm. They do lots of practicing, but it's not facing real world. Okay. Yeah. okay. So maybe that's one of the things that you're trying to incorporate here in this, uh, in this new program, in this international program. You want to incorporate some real world situations for yes. our students. Okay, okay. Yes. Great, great, great. So, um, how many hours a week should a student study for each subject? I think less uh, about how to learn it effectively. Mm. Generally speaking, it's hard to concentrate for a long time. Mm. But I think each subject, three hours is enough. Three hours but is it's, enough? Yeah, it also depends on students' uh, interests. Mm. For the new international program, I know you have four specific foreign teachers that you hired for. What are the four subjects? Uh, mainly it's English, mm -hmm. um, science, and math and humanity. Okay, so humanities, English, science, and math. Yeah. Okay, and those will all be done using English education. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great, great. Um, so <laughs> Principal Chen, thank you so much for your time over here. <laughs> so I would like to know, um, why is it that you're trying to implement this program here? Uh, we plan to set up a, an international department mm. and a new class for each grade from seventh and for, uh, excuse me. From seventh? Uh, from 7th to 12th uh, grades for a total of six classes. Okay, okay. So 7th to 12th grade, right? Yeah. So it, like end of junior high school and senior high school. Yeah. And how many grades? How many classes? Uh, six classes. A total of six classes. Yeah. Okay. All in English. Yeah. All right. That's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, how will having more foreign teachers help? I think they come from multiple cultural backgrounds. Mm. So they can uh, teach differently than the local teachers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just having a variety of different cultures yeah. teaching the students, okay? Yes. That will help. All right. But uh, having a variety of cultures also brings in some problems. Um, what are some challenges in bringing bilingual teachers here? I think when we recruit teachers, mm. they um, do things very straightforward. Okay. Uh, our local <laughs> teacher, we are more like um, want to friendly negotiate something. Mm -hmm. But they try to just get to the point to mm -hmm. ask what's their rights. Okay, okay. 
about so, their salary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So their questions are a bit more direct. Yeah. Okay, okay, good, good, good. You're bringing this program in here to this high school. What are some challenges in starting a bilingual education program? Uh, teacher recruitment and uh, enrollment are bigger challenges. Mm. Uh, there are also two very different systems in the school, which leads to the challenge of integration and cooperation. Okay, okay. Well, I look forward to seeing the results of this. It sounds very, very exciting. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I have a question. Um, how, can, uh, how can parents know more about your school and how to get their students, uh, how to get their children into this program? Parents, you can go to website uh, to uh, understand our enrollment. Okay, great, great, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now, mailbag. Do you have a question? Well, we have answers. Email us at englishx at findec.com or on the web at findec.com slash englishx. We have a question from Katrina. Mm -hmm. From Taipei? From Taipei, yes. Uh, Katrina asks, how do you open a conversation with a foreigner? Uh, earlier today, we were discussing Ford, uh, food, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. Ask one of those questions. But make sure your questions are WH questions. Who, what, where, when, why, how. Do not ask yes or no questions because you get the danger of them saying no. And then conversation's over. Yeah, it's really hard because you you wanted to follow up with another question <laughs> if they said yes. Uh, but again, it's... No will just lead to awkward it, it, silence. It's a, it's, a, it, it's a conversation killer. Yes. <laughs> uh, second question we got from Kelly, also from Taipei. Um, what do you do when someone asks you a question and you know the answer, but you just can't say it in English? Okay, thanks, Kelly. Well, so why can't I say it in English? Most of the time it's just they don't have the vocabulary to say it. Oh, right? okay. Right? So they understand it and they want to say something, they just don't have the vocabulary for it. Um, you would be surprised that you can actually explain what you're trying to say without having all the vocabulary necessary. So maybe, for example, um, you don't know what, how to say computer, right? So, you know, that thing that you write email on. Okay, okay. So then, I, oh, computer, yes. So, For a lot of our beginner students, because they don't have a lot of vocabulary knowledge, uh, how do we present language without translating it or using Chinese? Because we know a lot of places, they just give you the Chinese definition and then, yeah. okay, oh, I know computer, you know, then I, just, yeah. I figured that out easy. But then they might remember that, but there's so many more words that if you're just using translation as a method of uh, trying to remember or memorize words, it's not long-term, mm, mm, right? So you want to build those connections with other... Like a word map. The, the yeah, word you want map like a word them. map yeah. in your head. Yeah. Uh, also, there's all things like body language, there's pictures, there's a lot of things you can use, especially at the beginning level. Yeah. So like earlier, like when I said, uh, those that are listening on the radio, when I said radio app, my fingers went like as, as if I was typing. Do something like that, yeah. Yeah, so Kelly, if you get a, a question and you know how to answer it, but you don't know what to say specifically because uh, you're looking for the exact word, don't look for the exact word. Try the words you already know, the simpler words, and then find a kind of roundabout way to express what you really want to say. For example, um, Kelly, I know that 
in your office, you probably have something that you put coffee in, right? What is that? Now, everyone would always say cup, mm. right? It's a cup. But is it really a cup? Because it has a handle. It's you know made out of something harder, maybe porcelain, right? So it's actually a mug. But mm. even if you say my cup, we still know what you mean. Right. Or, or maybe it's one of those travel mugs. Or maybe it's a tumbler. Or a, a thermos style. A thermos, yeah. yeah, yeah. There are many ways to describe that thing that you put your coffee in. But if you just say cup, we're going to know what you mean. Because, again, the purpose is having a conversation with you, not testing your English vocabulary ability. Right. Last one. Final question. Uh, they ask, how can I find an English-speaking job here in Taiwan, for example? This is, comes from Winnie in Taipei. Okay. Uh, now, I assume Winnie has probably works in an international company. That's the, that's the first thing that people think of. If I work for an interna international company, I'll you know, be more in touch with foreigners and speak English. But actually, a lot of international companies generally operate day-to-day -day business in Chinese also. Right. So if you do find an international company to work for and they hire you, chances are you may or may not use English. Okay. So what jobs here in Taiwan you think will definitely be able to use English. Anything that deals directly with foreigners, <clears throat> specifically sales. If you work in sales, especially international sales, that can put you a lot in touch with foreigners. Okay. Uh, product management. Project management. Uh, yeah. Purchasing, logistics. Mm -hmm. They often have to contact overseas. Yeah. <clears throat> so definitely in the interview process, uh, ask that question. How much English will I use? And say that that's an interest when you're talking to either your headhunter or the HR manager. Okay. If that's a priority for you, make sure to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's actually a good question to ask. What was Excellent. the question again? Uh, how can I find an English-speaking job? Oh, no, the question that they should ask the HR person. Uh, how much English does this position require me to use? How much English does this, does does this, this position require me? That's a great question yeah, to yeah. ask in the interview. Mm -hmm. Yes. Get inspired! Here are some quotes to help you think more like a boss. Our first quote is from a Chinese pro proverb, hmm. so it's probably translated, right? So I, I'm yeah. not sure how exact it will be. The Chinese proverb states, quote, learning is like rowing upstream, not to advance is to drop back. So if you're rowing a boat, but against the water, mm -hmm. right, you kind of fall yeah. back unless, you know, uh, once you stop rowing. Yeah. So if you keep rowing, you can kind of slowly, slowly move forward. Against the against what we call it, against mm -hmm. the against the stream against the stream yeah. against the tide, but uh, as soon as you stop rowing, you're going to be pulled back. So I mm -hmm. think this re relates a lot to English. For example, you got to keep practicing, got to keep rowing, and make those minor, small baby steps, and just slowly, slowly get upstream. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you stop, as soon as you take a break, or if you're not using it often. And it's like you're going to fall back. And we see this a lot with our own students because sometimes, again, our students are very busy. So we, under, we totally understand that. But uh, oftentimes they might go on a business trip for one or two weeks. And yeah. once they get back, they have a personal family vacation for yeah. another week. <laughs> After that, the, the day of the class, they had a meeting. Yeah. So they miss a whole month of classes. And the, the, class, the next class they have, mm, mm. they're totally, completely rusty. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They, they, it feels like they've regressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So keep practicing, keep doing, uh, you know, learning a language, uh, learning anything. If you don't keep 
keep at it, yeah, you're going to lose that skill, lose yeah. that ability. Yeah, little build by consistency, little. keep rowing. That means so even if you are on a business trip or if you are um, uh, uh, overseas or on vacation, you got to find still ways to find practice. ways to uh, put English into your environment mm -hmm. and use it almost, if you can, use it daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, this is so true. I went back home to Bolivia and, you know. How was your Spanish? Oh my God, the first week was tough because yeah. it just a lot of stuff I just forgot how to say. I was like, oh, how do you say that? How do you say that? Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, I was rusty. You know, it took a while for me to get back into the swing of things and start speaking Spanish completely fluently. Uh -huh, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. So keep practicing. My quote is, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Basically, have some confidence um, and, you know, prepare. Uh, you have a test coming up. Don't, don't be like Alice and wait until the last month and say, oh, I need to do this. Uh, don't procrastinate. Uh, know that something's coming up and prepare for it. So you will encounter foreigners. Uh, if you speak English and you want to improve your, Eng your English, you know you will talk to foreigners. So you should already prepare. Oh, if I encounter a foreigner, what questions can I ask him? Don't just start preparing for the question the second you, oh, there's a foreigner. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have to talk to him. Don't do that. Have some questions already prepared. Questions about food, occupation, recreation, dreams, your family. Have questions like that already prepared. So when you do encounter a foreigner or when you do need to speak English, you're ready. Right? Don't wait until the last second. Yeah, like anything in life, uh, learning a language is a <laughs> skill. And same thing if it's, it's a cooking or yeah. whatever other skill. You need to have good preparation. And lots of practice. Yeah. So even if you have a presentation coming up, uh, or even if you don't have a presentation coming up, practice presentations because one day your boss will ask you to give an English presentation and you need to be ready. Fast words. Let's discuss some new words and expressions so we can be more like a boss. Alright, so we got some words here. Uh, you go first. Okay, I have no idea what this, uh... Okay, the first phrase we have is, A picture is worth a thousand words. Mm. A picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah. So, basically, uh, use visuals, use images. Sometimes that can explain a lot more, especially if you're in sales, especially if you're trying to convince someone of something. Uh, when you're trying to reach someone at an emotional level, when you explain things, yeah, they can kind of get it, you know. Uh, but if you have some visuals, some images to back up what you're doing, it will really help. A picture is worth a thousand words. Okay, so like in a presentation on a PowerPoint slide, sometimes using the image can be just as powerful as writing uh, 10 bullet points. Or charts. You know, using a chart, you can you can express some com very very complex ideas using uh, using charts. I know we use a lot of radio charts to express our teachers' abilities mm -hmm. instead of you know telling a student how our our teachers' skills and backgrounds. We have charts that explain it. So definitely, uh, pictures worth a thousand words. A bad apple. I like this expression. A bad apple. Basically, like think of everyone is good except for one person and that ruins everything for everyone. So maybe you have a team of five people, very talented designers, and then you add one more person, and that person is not good, that brings everyone down. So we call this one the bad apple. Have we ever had a bad apple work for us? Uh, no comment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it does, it does impact, let's say, the morale 
the oh. the environment of the workplace mm -hmm. it brings it, it moves things slower mm -hmm. right? and it kind of works against what you're trying Progress. to accomplish yeah, yeah yeah this this can happen too if you're a big company and you have multiple products maybe you have like five really good products but then you introduce this one new product and it's total garbage but then that brings oh they made this and then that can bring everything down next word uh, a snowball effect so these are situations or events where uh, they keep going and they start building momentum and getting faster and faster and until it gets to a size that maybe is a little harder to control or it gets to a speed where you can't slow down mm. so i guess out of idea, control something get, that gets completely out of control so right, we call right. that a snowball effect so something it could be for example that one bad apple did some bad activity or something that works against the company and that one little thing you know maybe it didn't seem like such a big deal mm. but over time a lot of those little problems will build up until bigger, and it, bigger, make it, it makes it a really big problem <laughs> so and then he tries deleting computer files yeah and that's and a snowball documents effect. yes all right a rising tide lifts all boats um this one's great for all you finance people out there think of the economy right the economy is like the water if the economy is rising, all boats will be lifted. So if the economy is good, everyone benefits. If the economy is bad, we all sink. So a rising tide lifts all votes. The presidential elections coming up here in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So I hope they make uh, education and economy a big priority so they can raise the tide here in Taiwan. All right, good example. Next word is a penny saved is a penny earned. A penny saved is a penny earned. This means the money that you save today, you can spend later in life. This is just a phrase that means save money. Mm. Uh, doesn't mean you need to save a lot. You can just save with, just start with a little bit. You start can save with, with $1, one, save it. Yeah, equi, and then, then save another equi. You save equi every day of the year, you got 300, right? Yeah. 300, so that's like, uh, you can have enough for, uh, two good lunch boxes mm. the money you save today you can spend it later so be don't be wasteful um don't be wasteful yes. yeah be cost conscious be thrifty. cost conscious yeah, be thrifty and save money and i know this actually works very well uh with chinese culture yeah, because yeah. my parents are <laughs> are also cost conscious very 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 cost conscious very thrifty they never really spent on themselves they saved and saved and saved the negative way to say this is stingy the positive way to say this is cost conscious i think thrifty is not that bad to say somebody's thrifty not not that bad yeah. yeah he's thrifty so that brings us to the end of our program remember you can watch us on youtube or you can download the podcast on itunes um, spotify google play everywhere you get your podcast from all right thank you thank you